So some of you listening may be in this state of anger, like you're really pissed off that this happened. And what I want you to get from this message from Jivan is that for you to have a breakthrough and move past that state is to focus on, okay, what are the lessons I've learned? What are the good things that were from that? And then glean that so you can shift out of the hate and the I'm not going to ever forgive them because forgiveness is key to actually break through and move forward. Do you agree? Yeah, 100%. I think you've got to forgive um, those around you and, and yourself. The, the, the philosophical phrase is something along the lines of the, 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 so say someone's robbing you in the street. Yeah. And so, so when you smile at a robber, you take something from them. Mm. So, you know, because they would expect you to be angry and resentful and say, oh, you know, I'll oh, give me that phone. If you smile at them, it takes something from them and it, you know, out of their soul to an extent. And that's why I'm saying sometimes, you, you know, if you've been through this um, uh, bad uh, relationship with the narcissist, as you've, as you've alluded to, sometimes it's, it's just a smile and say, oh, you know what? Thanks for everything that you've done for me. And they'll be like, what? But I've been, you know, punching you and calling you names and stuff. And they, and they can't understand it. Yeah. And then actually it affects them more than it does you. And you're actually free. So instead of me having the grudge and going to a negative state, I can just say thank you um, for everything. And, um, <laughs> and it will actually affect them more in the long term. Welcome to the Empath and the Narcissist podcast, where you regain your sparkle back after narcissistic abuse. I am your host, Raven Scott your go-to narcissist abuse recovery coach. This is episode 101, five stages of forgiveness for empaths and highly sensitive people. Self-care is vital when investing in your self-development and recovery from narcissistic abuse. And this is why I do these monthly self-care tips for each Zodiac season. If you wish to receive these directly to your inbox, subscribe to the newsletter and you will receive them in your inbox before this episode hits the podcast. Just a reminder, this episode is for educational purposes only, and it is not a substitute for professional therapy. If you're enjoying this podcast, hit subscribe and rate and review this podcast. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. I numbed myself to stop the pain and I reached out to friends for help, but it wasn't until I gained courage to leave and seek therapy that my dark abyss of hopelessness finally started to let in the light I was so longing for. If you think you might be feeling depressed, stressed, anxious, or overwhelmed, today's sponsor, BetterHelp, is here to help you. BetterHelp offers licensed therapists who are trained to listen and help you. It allows you to talk to your therapist in a private online environment at your convenience. With a broad range of expertise in BetterHelp's 20,000 plus therapist network, it will give you access to help that you need that may not be available in your area. Finding a therapist is easy. You just fill out the questionnaire to help assess your specific needs and then you get matched with the therapist in under 48 hours. Everything you share is completely confidential. In therapy, I learned that I wasn't the selfish, lesser person my ex convinced me I was. In my therapy, I was able to get affirmation that I was truly being emotionally and sexually abused. That alone allowed me to release my trauma and grow into the strong coach and mentor that I am today. But I didn't just gain that alone in therapy. 
I gained my sense of self-autonomy back, my power back, and my confidence back. Join the 3 million plus people who have taken charge of their mental health with an experienced BetterHelp therapist. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com forward slash empath. That's betterhelp.com forward slash E-M-P-A-T-H in the link in the show notes. The tricky part about this is we have to go back to the core idea of maybe the belief that we have more than one life. Maybe we have a belief of just one life, but certainly there are things that are designed. Either you believe they're designed by God or you believe that your soul has kind of orchestrated and designed this life play on earth to heal your soul's wounds, to evolve and mature deeper as a soul. So do we believe our family or lovers or twin flames, a lot of people like to talk about, like our soulmates, are they chosen? And are they chosen to have a bad role? And I feel like I don't quite believe in the idea that they chose to be the villain in your story. I think each soul has that journey of what they have to work on. So it all is a choice upon ourselves to wake up and to be able to choose, okay, I'm going to step up. I'm going to learn and I'm going to figure out how to do this better. Or they remain unconscious and asleep And they continue to not evolve and possibly disappoint you in your life. I mean, these are all just theoretical ideologies, right? Ideas and thinking. But regardless of what it is, your reality and the emotional abuse you've endured and what has happened to you even in your family of origin, it is what it is. And I acknowledge that it sucked. And that maybe you're still in a relationship and that it currently sucks. Uh, it's, you're just, you're in the mud, you're in the trenches, you're in the emotional war. And I'm here to be that guiding hand to pull you out. And a lot of times I've seen patterns over and over, and I know there's been studies and there's all this that when we are treated a certain way in our childhood, we repeat attracting those types of people in our romantic lives, you know? I personally had a very loving upbringing. So when I woke up to the fact that I was being emotionally abused, I was like, how did this happen? I had a really wonderful, nourishing childhood. I got everything I wanted. But the one catch was my autonomy was not free. I had, I did not have freedom of autonomy. I was in a culture where it was do as I say, not as I do because I said so, I'm the parent. You're constantly being told that you are a sinner, you're horrible, so repent, get baptized, take communion, do all these things to make sure that this outside of yourself God accepts you and loves you and you're safe and you're going to go to heaven. So that really did a number on my psyche, and I think it's done a number on a lot of our psyches in our generation, in my generation. And we have this thing where then it immediately translated into, I believed in a savior outside of myself to save me. I, AKA God, Jesus. 
And when I shifted from that, I started doubting that. And I was more in my 20s involved in just wanting romantic love because I had been so awkward younger in my young teenage years. Then I switched my savior to be him. My lover was my savior. And it was obviously very toxic. He could say anything, do anything, control me however he wanted because he was my savior and I, and I believed him. I lost family. I lost friends. I always turned against them when they were trying to tell me that this, this guy's not treating you right. You really should tell him that. And, you know, you should, they never said to get out, but they, they said, call him out on it. Tell him that that's not right. And so I did. And then he would, he would turn me against them and he would discredit them, defame them, you know, discredit their character without even knowing them. So he really didn't know them. He just kept making up all this stuff to get me to get mad at them, that they were saying all these things when all they were doing was trying to help me get out of an abusive relationship. And then I, you know, turned around the next day and regurgitated everything he said, told them that they should not be sticking a nose in my business and he's this and he's great and he's supporting me this way. And they're like, girl, I'm out. Like, I can't continue to watch you suffer. And then you turn on me calling me the bad person. Like, you got some issues too. Like, you have a few screws loose on your head, girl. So, like, get with it. But I can't be a part of it. And I would lose friend after friend after friend this way. And it's painful. It's painful and lonely. And the narcissist isolates you. So I 100% understand. But the steps in being able to forgive this emotional abuse is what well, I'm just going to share that with you. But I had a few other thoughts as I was sitting by my lake and I took some notes because I just really connect with my soul and the divine when I'm out there next to the lake and I'm grounding. So to heal is key to be able to forgive. But God, how do you forgive such a horrible person? How do you forgive someone who's so sadistic? You know, I just realized I was just talking to my aunt she used to send me letters like, I still love you, you know, because I didn't talk to any of my family. Always just like these kind of, she said, just reaching out. She always felt like she needed to make sure she didn't give up on me. She said she sent me a letter like once a month. And I was like, I don't remember that. I don't remember getting letters. And I was like, I would definitely remember because that's pretty consistent, right? Once a month for about five years. And I was like, well, I never got the mail. He always went and got the mail. He must have thrown them out right? Like just horrible things to keep me away from people who loved me because I was his trophy. He wanted up on a shelf. And if I woke up to the fact that he was so horrible, then I would leave. It's like, yeah, I did leave finally, thankfully, finally. But the, the, the gig was up after 10 years for me, which was way too long. I feel like I lost my whole 20s. I could have I could have explored other relationships. I could have explored other intimate relationships with other people. I could have been more experienced. I could have this, could have that, right? But we can't rewrite the past. And we can't dwell on what we've lost. And for so long, we've just keep believing their lies. And I think the tricky thing with impasse and forgiveness is for so long, you made excuses and you forgave the narcissist for what they did to you. You forgave them over and over again. And then all of a sudden you woke up, the last straw on the camel's back broke. And you're like, 
I'm done. I can't do this. But at the same time, you vow to yourself that you would never feel abandoned again now that you woke up, right? This is the last time that I'm ever going to be manipulated in my mind and lose friends. You vow to yourself that this is the last time you will ever be hit again if it escalated to physical abuse. And then your heart is hardened. And the key to healing and moving forward, no matter if they're back in your life or if they're not in your life, is to soften your heart and to open yourself up for vulnerability, knowing that you're strong enough to handle disappointment again because you have your back. To forgive yourself is not really forgiving their actions, right? To forgive yourself for the mistakes you made is not forgiving their actions. To forgive them for what they did, that's not excusing their actions either. What it's doing is it's allowing you to open up and soften your heart to move forward and to break the patterns. And karma will definitely come back. So you don't have to worry about justice and it's not fair and they need to, you know, feel the pain that I felt and I need retribution. That will come. That will come. So I just want to share that it's the hardest part is to soften your heart because for so long you felt like your soft heart is what made you so vulnerable to the abuse. But really what it was is you were not supporting yourself from the inside out. You were not loving yourself and being that power mother and father for yourself within yourself because you are relying and being what they call codependent on everything outside of yourself to sustain you, to validate you, to lift you up. That's what sets you up for the heartache and the abuse. Not that your heart was too soft or too sensitive or too compassionate. You can still have that and have powerful boundaries and not have them in your life. You can still send them beautiful love and light and hope that their soul evolves and grows on their own. You don't have to do it together. You don't have to do it enabling their bad behavior. And there's this topic about toxic positivity that kind of everyone wants to avoid what's happening in the world. Everyone wants to avoid this and that. And let's just like be in our little happy bubble and be positive. But that that actually can be detrimental to your mental health. And it is shown, I was just reading an article by Ryan Holiday. He is someone who talks about stoicism and that the prisoner of wars who were the most positive and were hoping for a rescue outside of themselves were the ones that deteriorated the fastest mentally when they were a prisoner of war because they kept going, oh, today's the day. For sure, they're going to rescue me, for sure, for sure. As opposed to accepting the reality that you are stuck in this prison. Maybe they'll come, maybe they won't. But the reality is, I'm here in the present right now. What can I do for my mental health in the situation I'm in right now? What can I do to survive? What can I do to find peace, find solace, whatever? And the ones who accepted the reality a lot quicker were the strongest mentally throughout the whole experience. And it's the same thing being a prisoner of an abusive relationship. You can find your way out quickest when you accept the reality you have. And I get it. I've justified and I've made excuses and 
I've done horrible things to just keep the hope, keep the faith alive, keep the relationship alive when it just wasn't ever really meant to last that long. It was just there for me to wake up, there for me to grow and evolve and mature. You feel trapped and powerless. You see no way out. What keeps you here? What keeps you suspended from flying away? The narcissist's lies and manipulation hold you back from living your soul's purpose. Learn how to leave the narcissist in a self-guided, powerful workshop that I've created that includes step-by-step lessons and an escape plan, guided meditations for healing, spiritual rituals to release your inner warrior goddess, and emotional strengthening practices so you can leave to stay away and live your life free as your soul desires. Learn how to leave the narcissist in a self-guided, powerful work. Go to www.ravenscott.show forward slash shop. You can also grab my book on Amazon in paperback or hardcover and on Audible. www.ravenscott.show forward slash empath and the narcissist. To grab your book on how to overcome narcissistic abuse, learn about what it is, what codependency is, all the types of narcissism, and as well as spiritual practices to help you heal as an empath at the end of each chapter. There are 20 plus healing resources in my book, Empath and the Narcissist, including guided meditations, exercises, and journal prompts for healing, including human design and astrology concepts. The empath protection guided meditation is also included, as well as a bonus free the four ways to set powerful boundaries workshop if you wish to feel alive again and take back the power in your life then scroll up and go to the show notes to click and add the book to your cart today now back to the show so we are back talking about the five ways to Forgive the emotional abuse wound, to forgive the abuser who hasn't, well, it's really the, to forgive the circumstances, to forgive yourself and to forgive the offender. When you accept the reality of what is, just is what it is, and and being the divine Father Sky and the divine Mother Earth for yourself, connected to your soul and acknowledging your higher self and your soul, that they've always been there. They've always been guiding you. They've always been encouraging you. I'm sure you've seen magical numbers on your clock all the time. I used to see, I still see it. I'm always seeing, even especially when I was in that toxic narcissistic relationship, I saw one, 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 one all the time. And ironically, that was his favorite number. And we'd always smile at each other and giggle when we saw it. But that wasn't him. That wasn't his message to me. That was my angels saying, get ready for the change. Get ready for the change. We're here. We're pushing you a little bit closer a little bit closer to your dark abyss. That's really scary. 
but you have the magic within you to step across it and build your magical bridge as you walk over it. So we're here to support you and guide you, they said. No worries, we got you. I found my apartment when I was ready to move out permanently and a roommate all within one week. I knew exactly where I was going to move to. I had a friend plant that seed or, right, the divine father sky. Here's the idea. Let's plant it in your head. I always fantasized about living in that apartment too. And that was already set. And then a friend connected through my ex set me up with her friend who needed a roommate and was ready to move out as well. One week. That is not a coincidence. That is divine intervention. That is a miracle. (laughs) That is them supporting me. And they're there to support you as well. They're there to guide you. There are these small connected exercises that you can do to help you move through and accept what is and to be able to hold space because as we're all saying this phrase now which is like a renaissance phrase you need to feel it to heal it so you have to hold space for yourself to feel it and for your soul to heal it and for you to feel at peace even in the midst of the worst circumstances so the first step is number one is to feel into your heart your heart center, your heart chakra, feel below your mind, really. The narcissist has control of your mind, but they do not have the control of your heart and your soul and your body. They do not have control of that. Even if you think or may be deceived that they do, or they've attached a cord and they try to control your heart, your heart is still free from them. So you breathe into your heart space and you accept you are loved and you are safe in your body. And you breathe there and you see yourself, you feel yourself in your fantasy away from their negativity. You're not with them. Where are you? Feel into it. Feel you're there. And the divine will bring you there. Feel that you have love inside yourself. Feel that there is good in other people. Have faith in humanity. And do not harden your heart against everyone just because this one person is choosing a very dark path. And number two is grounding with Mother Nature. Finding a tree to speak to and develop a relationship with to tune into your intuition and the Divine Mother. Take your shoes off and walk through the grass. Sit on the grass and let her soak up all of your pain. She will use it as compost. She will compost it into the earth for you and your magnetic field will also rebalance and regenerate. Number three is accepting the karmic life lessons that you have here, accepting the theme that is in your life, which you can find in your astrology chart and human design chart in your incarnation cross. And if you look to see where your Chiron is placed, where is it located? And really just looking at 
all the things around you that you have patterns in. Look at each scenario. This is why journaling and keeping a record of these certain times is important because you can look back and say, oh, I was looking outside of myself for love there. Oh, I was looking outside of myself for love for there. And what is, what is the karmic journey for you? Is it trusting? Is it having faith? Is it finding yourself? Is it removing codependency tendencies? Is it being too controlling and you need to balance out your control? Is it being in love with your body and you're not right now? You, you can embrace the beauty of your body, curves and all, imperfections and all. The beauty is just being. So there's all these different themes that we have. You know, Chiron is the wounded healer. So that's why I point to that in the astrology chart that shares with you what your soul is working on healing and then where you can be of service to others. So all these patterns that we have, they also are here for us to be able to accept. What are you magnetizing? What struggles are you attracting? And that doesn't say that you're a bad person because you're attracting it. Pull yourself like a bird's eye view, become a raven, and look outside of your life and say, wow, I seem to always have problems around relationships, let's say, or family of origin relationships. This is interesting. What am I doing here? What is happening? You know, look at the themes of what's going on. Am I codependent on everybody? For me, the answer was yes. So that was something I needed to heal through and heal. So all the struggles and triggers, what puts you into fight or flight mode is the mirror showing you of what you need to heal. Number four is accepting that life is not perfect. Maybe this is just for me and all my Virgos, but I feel like other zodiac signs can relate. People in relationships are not perfect. We all are just struggling to learn and evolve as souls as well. Some are older souls, some are younger souls, but it doesn't make any of us really more advanced. We're all still trying to wake up to the fact that we have these patterns and things to heal in our soul. But while you accept that life is not perfect, you have to also be careful not to give up and do not accept the abuse when expecting that life is not perfect. So it was always back to the drawing board for me. It was always back to drawing boundaries for me, holding those boundaries and following through with the consequences, which would be limiting time, removing myself, removing the attention from that person. And for yourself, start to draw a list of uncompromisable boundaries for yourself to nourish yourself. So create a list of boundaries for yourself that are uncompromisable. Just start thinking about yourself, like to nourish yourself daily, to say, I love you in the mirror daily to have an unrelenting willingness to devote yourself to your spiritual practices and your self-care. 
And then you can start writing boundaries out for other people. I do not tolerate people yelling at me. It's a great, simple boundary in relationship. If they do, I will remove myself and make sure that they know ahead of time. I will announce my boundary before I follow through. Another one is I will check in with my inner authority before I believe what another person is telling me, especially the narcissist, (laughs) because they're always trying to trick you out of the truth. But your inner authority, so either that is something that you feel in your gut, if you have the pure authority in human design, if you feel it within your solar plexus, in your emotional cycle where you need to not believe it right away and feel it through the cycle of the highs, middle, and lows of your emotional cycle, or you need to self-reflect and talk to somebody about it and say, hmm, I need to just talk this out. Can you listen? And as you talk it out, you will find your truth and your authority will tell you if this person is telling a lie or if this is truly from the heart and this is valid. So all these things, they are boundaries. They are just not, okay, a boundary is I'm done talking to you, go no contact and leave. Boundaries are much more beautiful. Boundaries are a gift because it's almost like a little bit of a rule book for yourself. And then you get to follow the rule book because you wrote it. It's creating, co-creating your life. And even in a healthy relationship, you can co-create boundaries. Even with your children, you can co-create boundaries. Ask them, all right, we seem to be having a pattern recently where you're losing your temper and you're yelling a lot. And that's not the right thing to do with our anger. How can you channel your anger in a healthy way? And have them come up with some ideas and then say, if you, if you still, uh, let's see, if moving forward, you yell, what are some consequences you think would be appropriate for you yelling? And they will say, well, maybe I shouldn't watch my iPad for 30 minutes. Or they might say, well, I need to apologize. Or they might say, well, I shouldn't eat a chocolate bar, you know, and go with it. If that's what it is, then yes. And then follow through with that consequence. If we do not raise healthy children with healthy boundaries, with strong boundaries, and we don't co-create them together, we will never stop the cycle of narcissism. That's part of the wound is they've been traumatized, the narcissist, and they don't have any boundaries. Everyone's always enabled their bad behavior. They've never received actual consequences for their actions, they've only gotten lip service and they still got away. Then they still were able to get away with what they did. So if we want to stop the narcissistic cycle, we need to start raising healthy children with healthy boundaries in a co-creation, not a, I'm your parent. You need to respect me and listen to me. Do this as I say so. This is a co-creation. This is appropriate behavior. This is not appropriate behavior. What do you think the consequences should be when you act in inappropriate behavior? You know, and give them examples. When mommy acts inappropriately, what should my consequence be? And they might still say, okay, well, you can't go on your phone or social media for 30 minutes, right? It's like, but if you are both holding each other accountable, you're co-creating a beautiful environment for the future. It's not 
this authoritarian rule and then they reach teenage years where they don't have they haven't been able to have autonomy and they still aren't because the parent is still trying to control them as a teenager now especially because oh my god teenage years is just like so scary and stressful for parents and so therefore there's lack of trust there's a break of their relationship and they're just going to do whatever they want to do because they're not trusting of you there's nothing co-created and this is the beautiful energy out of this time right now of talking about the divine feminine and the divine masculine both need to come together and co-create a new society wow i feel like i totally got off on this random tangent but i feel to like the urge to share it and all of this comes from the heart right it's not coming from the mind and authoritarian it's coming from the heart let's do this together let's create the world that we want in community in families in relationships together Number five is the final process of forgiveness for forgiving yourself, forgiving the other. It is the actual act of forgiveness. <laughs> so there's the five steps in forgiveness. You kind of have to work yourself up to the point where your heart is open to forgive. You want to forgive the triggers that they've, they cause you because you're going to be grateful for those. Because now you realize, oh, these triggers that they're doing is like a karmic setup for me to see where I need to heal. So you're not really mad at them for doing that action anymore because you're grateful for that mirror. You're grateful for that sign. You forgive them for how badly they treated you, how they discarded you, how they manipulated you and used you like a toy and then just threw you in the back corner of the house and left you neglected you you will forgive them finally for that because you will have accepted that is how they know how to relate it is what it is and I allowed that to happen to me in a sense where you continued to return as the toy and be like I'm back now things are gonna be different or let's get married because things will be changed and things will be different and you kept playing the game you kept playing as the toy with them and they just kept discarding you discarding you discarding you and you're like not getting it <laughs> and you're trying to leave and you're like forget this I'm leaving and you try and leave and you get pulled back in and you leave and pulled back in these are normal cycles until you awaken and you realize the fact that you have the power within you to not allow anyone to treat you like that you have to remove your emotional detachment that they validate your existence, that they are the only ones that are going to love you. And when you connect to divine source, Mother Earth, Father Sky, and you're connected to your soul, all the outer validation evaporates. And their power and their love and their charm are not, oh, they're not over you. There's no power over you. You're like, wow, I'm just going to walk away now. I'm not even going to go back to play with them because that was really silly that I even let that happen in the first place. And I'm not going to let that happen again because I love me. I respect me. And I know that I deserve better. And so you find those spaces in your heart to forgive them only so that you can move on, right? You've finally woken up to the bigger game. 
the bigger picture, the soul's awakening to realize that you have this karmic lesson you're learning. It's bigger than this tiny, teeny ego. And you thank your ego for protecting you. You thank your ego for hardening your heart so you could stay away. But now it's time to release. Send them love and light and intentions that they themselves find their peace in their soul's lesson and their self-discovery and learning. And sometimes we do get that satisfaction where, you know, that relationship was toxic with the two of you together, but with you with different people, you're both able to heal and grow and move forward. And forgive them. When you forgive them, you're not harboring them as the villain for all time. Because sometimes people are just here in our life for a short time, even if they're family. They're not meant to be in our lives for forever because they were here to awaken us to something for that season of life. True love is forgiving through love to heal yourself and your heart and to heal the world. The Ho'oponopono prayer is beautiful. It's a beautiful practice and a beautiful way to truly cleanse out all of the negative parts, the shadow parts where we don't want to forgive and we want to put our guard up so that we're not vulnerable again. It's kind of like the depths of the energy of the underworld. And we say, I'm not even going to feel joy with them again because they're just going to disappoint me and hurt me. But maybe that person is not in your life anymore. It's a new person. So you still have your guard up with a new person. Every single person is different. But when you are centered within yourself and you're connected to source and your higher self and your soul, you're solid all by yourself within yourself. So if they do disappoint you, oh, that's so sorry. I'm, I'm sad that they disappointed me, but... It's kind of to be expected. You know, we all, we all trip and fall. And hurting each other in our relationships is part of the risk of being vulnerable. But it, it can reap great rewards if we're able to share how we truly feel. And finally, we find somebody who hears us and connects with us back in the same way. But you can't find that if you don't participate in that. If you're always guarding yourself against that, then you won't ever find it. It's really hard, I know. It's been a really amazing lesson lately. I never have felt safe to be able to share truly the depths of my heart's longing until recently. And it was still scary, but I was like, you know what? If I lose him because I have to share this, then I lose him. It's okay. It's not meant to be. So I shared it. And then, oh my gosh, like how amazing was it for him to connect and, and to say, okay, whatever you feel like you need, I'm, I'm all in. And then it was like, well, I don't even know if I need it. I just need to connect with you emotionally and share with me. What are you struggling with? What are you stressing about? And for them to be able to reciprocate and share with me and be vulnerable back, that is true intimacy. So getting to the point where you can love them or leave them. That is where your confidence comes and where you can risk vulnerability and you can forgive the person 
in your past who's not in your life. You can forgive the people who are currently in your life who have decided to neglect you or you've decided to go no contact because your boundaries have had to be expanded so far just to be able to protect your heart, to protect your children from experiencing their game, right? So you, you forgive them. Through the whole Ho'oponopono prayer, it's practiced. It's a beautiful, beautiful practice. I would recommend doing it daily. I'm trying myself to do it daily. But the phrase is, I'm sorry, please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. And you continue to perpetuate this cycle of, I love you. Please forgive me. Thank you. I'm sorry. You're forgiving yourself, you're forgiving your ego, you're forgiving your unconscious self, and you're forgiving the others over and over through the cycle. So I wanted to close out by sharing with you a beautiful song that the Emmett sisters wrote and sang for the Ho'oponopono prayer. I opened with a clip from Jivan Mathur. He's a wonderful soul, also loves to study philosophers and stoics, brilliant. And he was on the podcast quite a while ago. So I'm sharing a clip from our conversation about forgiveness. And so that's who you heard at the beginning of the episode about forgiveness. And you can find the link to his website in the show notes below. If you are curious about hearing more from him, he's a phenomenal coach and a brilliant mind. This week, Kathy and I are creating the Soul Activation Masterclass. So I'm so excited to share with you that on the first week of November. So make sure that you sign up to the newsletter so you receive the announcement of when that drops so you can purchase that. It will be different spiritual exercises on how to integrate our souls in this Renaissance time, in this time of the Aquarius, as well as all the difficult things and energies that are intense opportunities for us to grow in this this year and the end of this year and next year. And she's going to be sharing the rest of the 2023 horoscope forecast in astrology as part of that masterclass as well. So don't miss it. Make sure you sign up anywhere, anywhere on my website to my newsletter so that you will receive that announcement. The Trauma to Triumph Summit is happening October 30th. Make sure you grab your ticket and attend. That's coming up. I'm so excited this weekend. And, you know, you can always listen to my book on Audible. That's available on Audible and paperback and hardcover. So I have lots of resources for you to help you in a spiritual journey, help you heal, and help you on this healing journey to support you in path. Follow me at Raven Scott Show and DM me free gift to automatically get your free How to Draw Powerful Boundaries workshop straight into your DM and start healing yourself and taking back the power in your life today. Remember, always keep your unique light shining. See you next episode.
both know it's time for us to go our own ways. Surrender to this moment. There is no one to blame. There is no right or wrong here. Only lessons in love and pain. We did what we were meant to do. I was me and Finally ready to see this whole thing through I'm sorry, I forgive you Thank you, I love you It lives right
Domestic Violence Awareness Month. If you or anyone that you know is in danger in domestic violence, please call the 1-800-HOTLINE. National Domestic Violence Hotline is 800-799-7233. 1-800-799-7233. Thank you for tuning in today. You are a blessing. If this has impacted you, please share it with a friend, spread the word, so we can impact and end domestic violence, narcissist abuse, and the suffering now. Madvi is helping people release emotional baggage, breaking negative patterns, and finding the root causes with the emotion and body code. Visit www.madvi.ca. That's M-A-D-H-V-I dot C-A. I can personally attest that this is an amazing way to heal trauma out that you can't do with meditation and thought therapy and talk therapy and all the things. So reach out to her and get a free 30-minute consultation to see if this is something that can help you.